every week though, the best part about it, you're seeing a line, you're seeing a line graph, but it's going up. You're not seeing like kind of stagger around. I don't really count the Miami game as much because Mike Norvell was not there. And I think it played a big part, but you're seeing a growth every week, which all of us here, that's what we want to see. You know, you look at that and look at, look at what Mike, Mike Norvell just won against the number five team in the country. He had no damn spring. He had no idea who was really his quarterback was going to be. He made a quarterback change and he's able to pull off an upset like that on national television. And that goes into recruiting, which we'll probably talk to talk with Nate about uh, later in the week. But that, that is that is huge for a guy that did not have a spring right. at all going through COVID, going through the whole social thing that he went on with his team. That right there tells you there's the future's bright in Tallahassee. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody but perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is up, gentlemen? What's up? What's up? What's up? Just a little bit late here. Maybe not a crazy first instant reaction, but we actually got to sleep on it and maybe uh, not be, uh, you know, a little tipsy. You know, that probably wouldn't be so professional of me to do that last night. But actually got to have some fun. Uh, Florida State takes down number five North Carolina in Doak Campbell Stadium. Florida State defense in the first half shows up. Big plays were made. Veterans showed up. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful night in Tallahassee. We're about to get into it, give our first raw kind of reactions here on the podcast. With me tonight, Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider. Below me is my boy Carlos Williams, 2013 national champion running back, also in the NFL. Also, Austin Veazey, our lead basketball writer. Dustin isn't with us this evening because, you know what, he's Debbie Downer Dustin, and uh, he's kind of sad that Florida State won. So, screw him. We're going to have a good time and talk some Florida State upset here. What's going on, gentlemen? What's up, fellas? What's up? Hey, guys. Good night. I got all the energy, baby. Uh, Florida State wins big time. Steelers look like they are a top two, top three team in the NFL right now. And uh, – I'm feeling wonderful. It's a great weekend. <clears throat> Did y'all have a good time on Sunday? Like this whole day? Like, I mean, th- th- this feels nice. The Vikings, I mean, one, the Vikings are one less closer to Trevor Lawrence, so I can't complain. That is true, Austin. That is true. Hey, Chicago's, Chicago's got the division lead now. You know, I, I, I hate to see Tom Brady have success as a Buccaneer, but you know, Chicago's in first, so – but everybody's about NFL. Who cares who about NFL? Who gives about watching, watching, man. watching Pittsburgh win today was nice. My brother had a couple splash plays, so that was nice to watch. You know, 98, you know, bust some helmets today. So that was cool. I mean, having them being at the top of their game and watching them play with, with the Browns, who's been, who's been shocking a lot of people, you know. So who would have thought that, you know, the Patriots would have been in that position and who would have thought that in 2020 the Cleveland Browns would have been sitting in where they are right now. Their record is above 500. Well, I know we could talk about NFL all day because we love sports and football, but the only reason we have about over like 120 people watching right now is because we want to talk Florida State versus North Carolina. Obviously, I think everyone on here, Carlos wasn't able to be with us for the preview, but everybody on here picked uh, Florida State to lose this game. I think I had like the lowest score. I said 34-31 North Carolina. Um, it kind of got close there at the end, but uh, no one here was expecting Florida State to really pull this off, and boom, Florida State starts off uh, right off the bat. Um, and they're, they're there to play defense, obviously the block punt, Marvin Wilson. But y'all give me just your raw instant reactions, and we'll jump through a couple series uh, for the next couple minutes. 
Who wants it first? Who wants it first? I'll go first. I'll go first. So, you know, you you finally saw some some intensity, some passion, some effort. You finally saw some energy from from FSU's defense. Um, We we talked about coming off Notre Dame that the offense is starting to show a pulse. Uh, But there's always that. But the defense and and came out to play. And they, they, they beat some ass in that first half. Um, you know, I was really happy, really surprised to see 31 to seven at the half. Um, you know, it, it's a different ball game if Lucas doesn't have that stupid ass penalty. Uh, and, and you know, they end up missing that field goal, and Carolina is still, you know, is in the game. They go down and drive for a score. 38 seven is a different mentality, it's a different 31 points. Carolina taps out at that point, and, and I, I don't think the game is that close, but um. You know, for for me, my my immediate reaction was like, "Oh shit, they're gonna get this one away." Um, but to see them, you know, push through adversity um, and not really be the Florida State that we've seen the last few years, when they get double digit leads um, or leads in the fourth quarter, give it away, that they they nut it up um, and, and they they push through. And you know, yeah, we talked about before we hopped on about. You know, the, the defense, and I let Carlos talk a little bit more about that. But there's not one defense in the country right now that's playing great ball. Everyone wants Dan Lanning from Georgia. They got exposed. You know, Georgia's got the highest payroll in college right now, them and Clemson. Um, and, and, and they still cannot get it done on defense. Alabama giving up points all over. Florida. So, you know, yeah, yeah. There's there's issues on the defense, but. That front four came to play, and that was the big, the big difference in the, in the game. Um, it was never about talent for Florida State. But when, when they play up to their abilities, they can compete with anyone. They finally show some heart, and the, the result was a, a, a W against the top five team. I mean, it was definitely a tale of two halves. Like the first half we came out, were dominated on both sides of the ball. UNC looked stunned. Their offensive coordinator was doing surrender Cobra. And we really thought we were going to run away with it. We opened the second half, marched right down the field again. And like Nate said, if Lucas doesn't get that stupid penalty to force a three that we end up missing, it's an entirely different ball game. We'd probably walk out of there with a double-digit victory. Instead, UNC climbs their way back in. They start picking on Akeem Den and Miko Dotson a little bit because they, they realize trying to attack Asante Samuel is not the move. Um, and it, it started working. They won some contested deep balls, got some easy touchdowns there to make it close. But like you said, defense stepped up when they really needed to. Yeah, they gave up over 500 yards. But for the most part, they were getting consistent pressure on that, which is the first we've seen all year. Samuel played well. Obviously, there's still stuff we can improve on, like some missed tackles. But instincts were well – or instincts were good. And everywhere else, there was a lot of improvement, which we haven't seen the last two years. I don't care what the score was. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care how the second half, I don't care. It does not matter. And, and as, 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 as a player, and I'm going to give you two different points, points of view. As a player, I don't care what the score is. I want to win. Do you think NC State care at 16-17? No, they won. They beat the number two team in the country. I don't care. Those boys play with heart. I mean, I watch guys play with heart, like just, not just effort but with pure heart, like pure, mm-hmm. I want to put something more on film. And a lot of times, like, you know, you've seen Marvin, you've seen uh, Cooper getting heated. and one. Yeah, I understand it's heated and you get a penalty, but at the same time, that's the kind of stuff that you don't see anymore. You don't see that. You no, know, we get mad at the bonehead um, targeting the penalty by Durden, but Durden played more active than he's played all season. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody did. Uh, 13 played more active. Um, 11 was around the ball. I mean, he's not actively making the play, but he's around, and that is frustrating. It's frustrating. But, he's a, but I mean, he, he's, he's collapsing the pocket at least, you know. Um, I mean, that, um, that the uh, RLP, they, they kind of run, they, they run the dump pass with the tight end right over top. I mean, the linebackers aren't dropping deep enough. They're not going to run. They, they're not running the ball like they, like they plan to coming into the game. Um, that wasn't a big threat for me. And then late in the game, they just felt the mismatch with the height advantage. I mean, mm-hmm. Dent played great football. I, I can coach that. 
I can say, hey, man, look, play through the hands. You just got beat up top. That's one for one. A, it is what it is. Process, move on. You know, you put nine out there. It's a height advantage. He played great defense that I'm okay with them playing defense like that and having points scored on you. I can, I'm cool with that. You know, I can, I can, you can give up that many points. And you know what? They didn't win the game. You stopped them when you needed to. That's all that matters to me. When the game was on the line, y'all proved that you could finish a game. Yeah, you gave, it's a bend but did not break defense. And this is a mm-hmm. young defense at that. A lot of young guys still are getting a chance to play and prove themselves as role players and significant role players on this team. So with that, I mean, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with how many points they score late in the game. I'm cool with them. I Actually, I like to see that. I wanted to see a little bit of adversity. You know what? We, I mean, you really didn't want to see Florida State beat them 30-31-7. You didn't want to see that. No, because it wouldn't have been realistic. It's not realistic to us. No, we, we, we got a chance to see – our flaws that we've been showing all season, but we also saw a lot of growth that we've been not seeing mm-hmm. early on this season that we've seen again since we played Notre Dame. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm cool with the score. I'm happy with the with the progression. Uh, a shout out to 13. You played a hell of a game. I mean, you you put the team on your back even with a hurt arm late in the game. You continued to 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 show leadership. Uh, and Blackman, not many people are going to speak on it. But I want to give you, you know, a, a, um, a big round of applause because when he needed somebody to be in his ear to keep him mentally in the game, knowing he was hurting, you were there not getting, not getting ready to get in the game, but you were there to talk to him, to keep him mentally ready, to keep him, you know, mentally motivated, to tell him to continue to put the team on his back and help him continue to lead the team into winning the, into victory. So really happy about seeing that from Blackman. Yeah, he's uh, Blackman. That's a good thing. Yeah, Blackman. I was just gonna say Blackman uh, could probably tell Jordan Travis, "You're gonna have to probably get used to getting hit a little bit, buddy." And he could probably give yeah. us some good advice on maybe not getting hit so hard. He's been through that before. I, I do want to follow up real quick on uh, Carlos. You know, since we're already there with the defensive line, um, you know, coming in, Carolina had only given up four sacks all year. Um, you know, they matched that in this game. They had, I think, about twenty quarterback pressures on 40, 47 drop back. Yeah, 47 drop back. So, you know, they, they, they were putting the pressure on him. And, and a lot of that was, was four-man rush. And mm-hmm. I, I think I think Robinson played the best game of his, of his career. Two sacks, three tackle for loss. Um, you know, still had a couple uh, plays where he missed. But I think overall that was Robinson's best game. Um, yes, I agree. You know, you know for, for me, though, you know, the, the biggest thing um, was, was the two for 11 on third down. Holding them for Otisit. 0 for 6 on, on third and long, and 0 and 3 on fourth down. So they got off the field, and they haven't done that much all year this year. So uh, as you said, they gave they gave up some, some yards. They gave up some, a lot of 50-50 plays. Um, you know, um, I, I do think Dent had a couple plays he could have played better. But mm-hmm. that deep ball at Dotson, you can't play that any better. It's just a great play by the mm-hmm. Carolina receiver. Um, I mean, and that, 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 and he's, a, he's a starter. I mean, yep, yep. Don't, he, they're number five in the country. He's a starter for a yep. reason. He got to play football, yep. too. Yep, yep. So, um, you know, I, I just think it was those little things uh, and then the ability to put pressure all, all game. You could tell that Sam Howell was not comfortable. And yeah. th- that was the biggest difference for me. It, and Carlos mentioned 13 playing well on the offensive side, but I thought 13 on the defensive side played well. Also, I thought yeah. Kendo had a really good game. Even though he didn't have the numbers, he was getting pressures all night, just and beating that left tackle. The ends, uh, that's what I'm saying. The co- yeah. the, they, they were colla- the constant collapsing of the pocket. And Sam Howe, as a quarterback, will sit in the pocket. He will dot mob. Like, he will throw the ball all across the mm-hmm. field yep. if you yep. let him. And he has the feet to do that RPO and get the ball to the tight end down the middle of the field mm-hmm. and get the running back on the edge. They're dangerous that way. And I think our front four, I'm very proud of them. It gave me goosebumps mm-hmm. watching them. I think they seen – when they watch the film, they're going to be like, Man, we're capable of doing this to a top five team. And know what they said? If you watch the TV presentation, the two running backs, they got the best running backs in the ACC mm-hmm. and this dominant duo, we didn't really feel none of that because our pressure and our front four dominated. They played up to the standard of what Florida State's used to seeing. But let me ask you this: uh, you know, Steve on the Uncocker Talk podcast kind of made an interesting point. Um, you know, how, how much um, has played in? Because you, you see Marv play better the past few games 
Notre Dame's played a little bit better. You know, that, that second half of Notre Dame played better this game. You know, how, how much, um, I guess, of them being out of shape has been a factor and then finally maybe getting back into shape now? Um, it, yeah, it sucks that the, it's four games, five games in the season, but, you know, I, they, they just look more game ready. And, and that last drive by Marv, I think he had mm. two quarterback, two quarterback mm-hmm. pressures. I think he hit the quarterback twice. So, you know, when it mattered most, he played, you know, a hellacious four four downs. Yeah, we've been giving a we've been giving the defensive line a hard time on here on this podcast for sure for uh, a few months, you know, or since the start of the season, and yeah. finally they do show up. And for this game, most certainly, you had to have contain on how, but also put him and make him feel uneasy. And as kind of Nate, you <clears throat> predicted it, you said it on the preview, kind of. You said, you know, Sam Howell is going to make some mistakes. And you, you predicted that. And, you know, the best part about, though, Florida State, Marvin Wilson, Corey Durden, before he was, had to be ejected, that targeting call, what are you going to do whenever he's that size? I mean, what do you want him to crawl and tackle? I mean, that, mm-hmm. that honestly, I know I went helmet to helmet. But what, what do you want him to do? I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. so annoying. That, the refs, oh, Doe Campbell Stadium. Uh, there was guys throwing water bottles at, uh, at the refs. I loved it. I mean, it was, it was dog shit, but, um, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Like even at my height, that'd be hard for me to tackle. I I really thought they were going to throw that DPI on Dotson. Yeah. On the third down. I really thought it was going to happen, but I think they just negated it since, uh, it was a push off. It was an obvious push off. I'm glad they negated it instead of throwing the whole. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, offensively, let's go to offense real quick. So obviously, we, we talked a little bit about Jordan Travis, but let's talk about starting Damian running Webb. back Ladamian Webb. Starting Webb. starting running back Ladamian Webb. I think he solidified his spot there. Corbin has he Corbin has his own kind of attributes, but if you're one, you're you're take the main course of uh, snaps. I think Ladamian Webb is that guy. He's just hard to tackle. Mm-hmm. He's great in the red zone, and he split off some good runs last night too, yep. which were really impressive. He's got speed. He also has some vi- some really good vision, and he kind of lets the holes come to him. And got to mm-hmm. look at the offensive line too, helps him out a little bit. But Ladamian Webb, talk about him. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna pat myself on the back a little bit because I, I said in our in our Uncocky Talk podcast, uh, I didn't say it on here. Um, that's why I'm not going to mention it saying on here, but on that podcast, my, one of my predictions was that Webb needs to, to be the primary running back just based off, you know, seeing what you see on film. And, and that that's all carried over to, to, to Florida State. You know, that 54-yard run, was that thing was a thing of beauty. Um, 9.1 yards per rush last night. Um, you know, they need to get him the ball 20 times a game because he, he's going to produce for you. Um, Runs hard, great balance, um, doesn't go down to first contact. He's just – he's a chain mover. Um, you know, he, he's, he's not Dalvin Cook speed. Not many guys are. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't have Carlos speed, but at the same time, you know, he, uh, you know, he, he gets those six yards, seven yards, five yards, four yards, and he's always falling forward. You never really see him get, you know, go backwards. He's always – falling forward and that's something that you know I know you're, you're really big on, on Devante. Devante did that so well. You know James Wilder did that so well. Um, you know Dalvin did it pretty well. So you know, he's always dependable and you know for, for me he, he's got to be the number one guy moving forward. In my opinion he is he is the first running back we've had that we've seen be a, be a running back. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is I was an athlete. I played safety. James Wilder played linebacker. Devontae was a running back that we played with. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, Devontae was a every down back at Central. Cam Akers played quarterback. He could play in the slide, play everything. Um, uh, Kalen Laybourne, when he was here, he played in the slide, played everything in his high school but when Dalvin also came out of Miami Central, this kid was a running back. This is the first time I've seen we have a back that's touching the ball, that can get the ball, like Nate said, 20 times a game, that's going to run downhill. He's going to take first contact, boom, boom, boom. That's two or three yards. I'm going to get seven or eight in this carry. You know what I'm saying? And our offensive line is going to start to feed off that. And when those big boys start moving and those first, stars, first downs start coming off of running the ball, 
yeah, now now I can take a break in this, what, third and three, that second and short. Yeah, it's easy to go nice little play action now in the flat, something nice little con- like a concept to, e- to, e- to ease the running game now. You know, but the way he's running the football, we haven't seen that since we had Dalvin. Cam did a lot of different things. He wasn't a downhill. We haven't had that. He's bouncing off guys, making people miss. He's running with determination. Um, mm-hmm. I like what Zero brings to the game as well. I like what he's able to do. We've able to have two backs on the, on the field at the same time. We haven't seen that in a while. So uh, just being able to run the football like that on that kind of team like that, yes, they've been exposed and their defense isn't as strong as a lot of people give them credit for. It's a top five team. And he solidified himself as, 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 a, as a starting back at Florida State. That he should get 20 carries a game, no less than that. His balance is incredible. I mean, Nate mentioned, both of you guys mentioned a little bit, like he can take contact and he's still running. And that's, it's really nice to see. Whereas Corbin, Corbin, Corbin's a good back, don't get me wrong, but sometimes he goes down on that first hit. Webb just breaks every arm tackle. If guys don't wrap up completely, he's going to spin out of it. And I think his spin move is incredible too. We saw it once last night. We saw it obviously against the Jacksonville State game. Mm-hmm. I, I Mind you, Wilder and Clemson on, yeah. in 2012. Yeah, his great his, balance, his core, his his core, like his determination to want to continue the ball down the field. And he has great ball security, and that's one thing I, I've seen a lot of this season's good ball security yeah. out of our backs. Throw We're Jason, keeping the ball Jason, off the ground. Throw, knock on some wood. Knock on some wood. I kid you not. No, no way. When I was in Buffalo, we had Anthony Lynn, who's the head coach of the Chargers now. And a Lynn would say. Ryan Matthews went to Fresno State, I believe, played mm-hmm. with the Eagles for, for, for a long time. He said he had the disease. I'm like, what is he talking about? He just got – no. At Florida State, is something that we just didn't yeah. do. We didn't fumble the football. And I don't care um, where you come from. You come in transferred or you get recruited. You just know we take care of the football as a back. And we have taken care of the football. I'm, it's, it's so, I mean, if you're going to run it 20 times a game like, we gonna, mm-hmm. like we're going to run it, we got to be able to take care of it. And I'm just happy we've seen it off the ground. So watch – Watch that fifty-four yard run again. You know, it, he he made two cuts, and he cut back across the field on that. Um, and then, as you said, as contact came, he wrapped the ball up. Mm-hmm. Like he he felt the contact coming, and he and he car- he carries the ball high and tight. And you know, he's not a guy who I see putting the ball on the ground. And, and you know, you have to get him square for that to happen, and I don't think you get a square shot on him. Um, you know, I'm really, really happy with with that guy um, and, and how Norvell can scheme the running game. Um, and, you know, even Coach Atkins, I think that's the best hire of any hire this, this offseason of any team in the country so far this year. Um, you know, what they've been able to do to scheme the running game and to you know, take advantage of, of uh, Travis's run ability. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's putting a lot of pressure on defenses. Mm-hmm. Not even the running game. We saw it kind of with the play actions on that one drive where we had the middle pass to uh, Preston Daniel. And then mm-hmm. same yeah, thing with a... Ontario Wilson. He, he sells those play actions so hard and it just leaves a guy wide open. They're skimming around that too. And everything just keeps developing as the weeks go on. We keep seeing little adjustments, little improvements here and there that really gives you a lot of faith in this coaching staff. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah those, that... lineback- those linebackers – Totally bit on that on that on that play action on that pass uh, Ontario Wilson like you saw that coming like that was a play call coming off a timeout I believe and, and um, you know th- those linebackers they completely bit on that and opened that opened that field wide open for for Wilson and you know th- that that play with Preston Daniel was phenomenal like hey fellas where, where's Daniels from again Memphis oh Memphis huh mm-hmm. walk on yeah. Huh. <laughs> I told my wife that we were sitting there. We sitting there. And they said, "Uh, forty five was a freshman walk on from Memphis." I said, "Uh, where's uh, where's coach from?" Hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a kind of a coincidence that you're uh, you know, you've got a guy freshman from uh, Memphis and walking on. And I guarantee before forty five leaves Florida State, that kid's gonna be on scholarship. I like the way he blocked on the edge. Yeah. I like this effort. Um, you know, you know what? It, it reminds me. It remi- he 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 knows hard. Like you know, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't mind getting his get, getting getting his hands dirty. Like he really, really blocked extremely well, and that helped on that pass play. Him sneaking around the middle of the field, mm-hmm. big big gain, great momentum boost. But him blocking, if you watch the game, him blocking, him having the ability to get his hands dirty and his nose in there, opened up the play action, and it opened up some some of those RPOs. 
I liked when they would take him across the formation and put him out, put him out wide yeah. and set up screen bubbles out there. I thought those worked really well too, and that's yes. something they could use in the future. Yeah, it was nice. That was a sexy play, and that <clears throat> Florida State was pinched there too in the end zone too, and mm-hmm. they it worked beautifully. Um, and so going to the wide receiver unit too, uh, we had to find guys that would step up for Florida State. We predicted Ontario Wilson, which sure enough he stepped up. But man, look at number six too. Good for Helton, man. That boy right there. Whenever uh, Helton caught that ball. <clears throat> Uh, from Travis, I was a little bit underthrown. Blah blah blah. He's on the run. It's it's mm-hmm. and you know that it's it's Jordan Travis. But you know you look at uh, Helton man, and once I knew Helton was fighting for that and making a play like that really wakes up that sideline. You know, like we're gonna we're gonna we have some heart for this game. That Helton had a really solid game, and uh, it'll be nice because you're gonna want to see him uh, keep improving and being a, a wide receiver number one uh, moving forward because you got Ontario Wilson too, and uh, Thompson was in there. But wide receiver unit stepped up too whenever it my, came time. My favorite part about that is as his quarterback scrambling, and we and we know Travis is, is going to be on the move quite a bit. We know that. Mm-hmm. We know we we have a great run game with him, the RPO game with him, the heavy play action. We're going to get him on the outside. But if you watch the play developed, it was an over and back. Like, he mm-hmm. sold it. He sold it so beautifully. But then his way to go compete and come help his quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. that kid's been hurt. He hasn't seen a, a ton of action. His first game back, he scored a touchdown. So we know he can't compete. We know he's hungry to be in the game. And then having, you know, your, your, your conference All-American, having a small procedure of being out, Who's going to step up? You have younger guys go in there and step up, guys that haven't had that much opportunity to step up, and that's something big when you're playing a top-five team. Hats off to six, making a big play when a big play was needed. And even the catch that ended up being incomplete where his hand just touched down. Yes. Out, that was Hell yeah. Record. But the, the thing I was most impressed with was they're finally learning to improvise on routes when the play breaks down. We haven't seen that mm-hmm. the first the first four weeks, and surely that's coming from the coaches saying, hey, Jordan's scrambling out of the pocket. you got to give him a – Winner to throw. We saw it on. We saw that on that on Helton's first catch where he broke off that post round, came right so Travis could see him. I thought that was incredible effort. We saw it from McDonald too in the in the end zone. Mm. Yeah, it feels like the offense is. I mean, obviously we saw a burst in the first half, but it's starting to become a spinning wheel that was slowly going. But it seems like Norvell and Dillingham know what their unit is at running back. They've figured out what who needs to be where and what packages. And then also wide receivers are stepping up, but they're also understanding a new quarterback that they haven't seen and they're having to get used to that. And like Austin said, you know, Jordan Travis is going to be a guy that's going to roll out and he's going to roll out for a while and keep eyeing down the field. So try to run routes, get off your guy, because there's going to be some potential where you can throw a bomb or have a big explosive play right there. And that's what Jordan Travis brings to the table. You know, Blackman really wasn't that way. He'd still try to roll out, but for some reason his eyes weren't finding guys. But um, wide receivers were stepping up most certainly in this in this game. And, you know, obviously you go into the second half. You know, what's crazy to me is Florida State still won this game mm-hmm. without scoring a point and, and going into the second half. Well, you know – I, I was super pissed off with that 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 penalty. You know, Florida State had cleared that up. They had twelve penalties for eighty nine yards. Um, you know, a couple of those were aggressive penalties, which you want to take. I'm fine with that. Like Carlos said earlier, you know, some of those you just you want to see those aggressive penalties as long as they're not. They can't be the right situation. Mm-hmm. That was just really stupid because um, that that killed all the momentum. But you know, I, I'm still going to say it now. Um, you know. FSU's field goal kicking since, uh, you know, that, that Georgia Tech uh, block and return. You know, since then, FSU is only 68% on field goals since that, since that block. And 9 of 11, that was Roberto finishing that year. Since 2018, Florida State's only 58%. So you can't leave points on the board. You know, you even add three more, you're, you're a little bit more comfortable. You add those two minutes field goals that pressure is not there at the end of the game. So um, they got to clean that up. A guy who covets special teams play so, so heavily in Norvell. Um, you could just tell how pissed off he was the second time that Fitzgerald missed that, uh, missed that field goal. Um, but we can't have that. Can't have that. Um, and, and then, you know, while we're on special teams, I, I got to give a shout out to uh, Ja'Kai Douglas. That, that was definitely schemed. 
for him to get open and get that punt. They saw they had to see something on film because that that was just too easy for him to come out that edge straight on and, and get that block. So, but they got to clean up field goal. Can't 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 be fifty eight percent. Can't be sixty eight percent. And especially in both of them, if I'm not mistaken, were inside forty yards. The second one, I wasn't too terribly mad at. I know the end result was a horribly missed kick, but he was rushed out there with less than 10 seconds left. So I'd rather, rather have us taking a timeout there. And I'd rather have us taking a timeout when Travis was obviously hurt and we're doing wildcat from third and eight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that second kick, I wasn't too mad at. But either way, you can't be going one for three in a game like this against the number five team in the country. We got some lucky breaks. Yes, we still won, but there's still things we definitely improve on. That's one of the areas. On the other side of things, obviously, Asante, they, it was pretty funny watching North Carolina and Mac Brown and Tar Heels really kind of going after Asante for a good while. And uh, <laughs> it I didn't work that, out well. <laughs> no, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought that was a bad idea, and it ended up being pretty much a bad idea. But, you know, they found a way with someone else uh, with 27 uh, for the rest of the night, and they found success with it. I think it came to might not be. Yeah, yeah, they might they not. They did us a favor. <clears throat> they did us a favor because 27, 27 is going to play through the hands of every fade, every corner route, every outbreaking route. He's going to cut. It's not that he was exposed because he played tight covered defense, but he's got to, he's, 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 that's a little growing pain. I mean, have you, have you seen 27 out there on the island that much? No, we were missing seven. I've been saying mm-hmm. since I've been on the podcast, seven needs to be on the inside. They even play. I think. So, the, I mean, I think at the end they throw they threw in Dotson on the opposite of Asante, which I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of cool with that. This man, obviously, we saw North Carolina get a catch on him, but that was beautiful coverage from Dotson. And yes. you look back at last year, my man Dotson led the country interceptions. Let him. Let him that, you know, he had that pick, but I know it was a, a penalty on uh, Carolina, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's what I'm saying. Put him across. I think you found out who your number two guy is. It's been a little shady and obviously didn't see Jerry and Jones uh, last night. But you go to uh, – you look at Asante Siamu Jr. He's got his stuff unlocked. Throw Dotson in there. I think I think those are your two guys moving forward on, on your two corners. And, and I, lo- I know Los just said uh, he thinks seven should be on the inside with Jerry and Jones. But I thought Jarvis Brownlee was wrecking havoc mm. in that <sighs> slot. Sending him on blitzes, but he can still drop. Hey, I thought he three, was amazing in the slot last three, night. Three, hey, I, I, I was like, is that Derwin on the field running around <laughs> everywhere? Like, I, just, I honestly kid you not, he's he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. He was he was blowing up. He, he's, he's around the football. He's around the football, and I, I want to say this now since we haven't talked about this group yet. Linebackers, Emmett Rice. It was nice to see you, Emmett Rice. It was nice mm-hmm. to see you, one. It was really, hey, the, the the boys wearing, you know, that powder blue and white, they seen a lot of you the other night. And I was very happy because you were mm-hmm. lighting them up every chance you got. And that was some of the best football I got a chance to see him play all season. I like the way one played. Uh, what do you guys think about that 4-2-5? Kind of focus heavy on on, on the DBs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was you I, I think, you know, what, Amari Gaynor only played like 10, 12 plays, which I think was pretty surprising. You, you, got, you know, if that's what they're going to run, they got to use him at, at DN. You can't keep him off the field. But, you know, uh, that was a really interesting uh, adjustment. Uh, you know, Brownlee played his ass off. Nate, yeah. is he a starter at Nate's DN? On his spot. Is Amari uh, Gaynor a starter at DN? I think it gives you more. Um, is he a starter at DN, and who does he start over? Robinson. So, we talked about this earlier. We yeah. all agreed that Robinson <laughs> played the career, like the game is his career. But why yeah. did you wait until your senior year with North Carolina on primetime to finally play this way? And how long have you been a starter? Through three coaches now, at the end of Jimbo, yeah. through Taggart, and now Norvell. And now, mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest with you, as as a player, not not as a but as a player, bro. Somebody else got to be getting those. It's a fifty five. Who's fifty five? That oh, is sorry, uh, Derek McClendon. Hey, I like he that played, kid. He played. He played his ass off. Yeah. Give yeah. Hey, hey, eleven. If you ain't gonna play like that, like I said, uh, he had a career. Like Nate, you was right. He had a career. His career game and eleven probably had it. But fifty five, 
you're going, mm-hmm. you're the future. You're going to be wearing Garnet Gold for the next couple of years. So I want you to get, I need, I need you to get all the time on the field you can because your energy, the way you play, is consistent. And I'll mm-hmm. take the MAs that you're going, I'll take those mental errors because I'll, I'll take the yep. effort. You're going to yep. give me that every play. What about, uh, what about, uh, Briggs coming back? That was huge. Dennis yeah. Briggs coming back and playing with, it could have been, love it out with, yeah. uh, Stu Thompson out with Durham yeah. going out with the, and, and he played around what he 30, needed to do. 30 yeah. snaps. And, yeah. and, you know, he, he contributed, you know, that was huge for, for them for him to come back. But, um, you know, talking about defense, um, you know, we talk about him every week. What do you think about number six? I think it was a pretty solid game for six. He, he had yeah. one bad angle um, in the second half where I was like, come on, man. You, you got to close that angle a little bit faster, a little bit sharper. But other than that, I, he wasn't horrible. In the, no, no, no six, 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 six is six, – no, six remind me of and – it, and it's, it's, six is that savvy veteran who's not going to make a lot of splash, but he's going to get – he, 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 he is the captain on the field. I see him directing a lot of traffic. He's never in the wrong place. Yeah, he he's his he had one bad ang- angle, but what? Austin, like you said, he didn't have a bad game. No. He is now well, that savvy veteran. He's gonna be at the right place at the right time. He's gonna line up, do his lineman assignment and technique. He may not have a lot of splash, but you know he's gonna get his job done. And I and I'll take that from six week in and week out. You know who I compare him to is Nate Andrews a little bit. Yes. You know, yeah. Veteran guy. Felt like he's yes. been here for so long. He's gonna do exactly what he's coached to do. And that's a guy that you can depend on week in and week out. Yeah, he had you know, eight tackles. You know who, who I compare him to? Hmm. Corey Mangum. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. How dare you? Don't you dare. Nah, I, nah, I'm kidding. Hey, Corey Mangum. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jesus. So, okay. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. But anyways, um. Uh, that, that really bad angle, I think, was followed up. If I could be wrong, was on the goal line where he filled a, an imaginary hole where he should have. His job was to be on the edge. Seal the edge, yeah, and he ended up going inside. Seal the edge. He went inside mm-hmm. and, and completely avoided the contact and, and allowed the touchdown. You know, I, I I think that again, still he played probably his best game of the season. I'm gonna be and, honest. And, I think he made a business decision after watching Ronaldo get ran over. Nate, <laughs> he can't make business. Man, not the goal line. Hey, hello. Hey, Ronaldo, Ronaldo took one for the team, and I think everybody yeah. started watching after that. Yeah, I mean, not not the goal line, man. Put your head in there. I mean, uh, I'm with you. I'm with I, you. I, I I'd rather get run over on the goal line and, and at least trying, and then filling an imaginary hole and looking like you're avoiding the contact. Very true. I thought. Yeah. I mean, these these boys came to play hitting wise. Yeah, I mean, that, that looked like that was a great hit on the middle that he had. He came up and and had mm-hmm. that breakup. Brownlee, that guy. Yeah, oh, J- yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm saying, but like, would be Brownlee, Rice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there might be a few. I got to go back and watch. Yeah, 55. There was mm-hmm. these guys came. They look like a little bit of Steelers 46. defense physicality. You know. Yeah, and that that played a tone, obviously. Um, there, there was youngins we saw 32 out there. Yeah, we saw Lundy. Jr. Even though he had that, he had the uh, coverage gap or the coverage loss where he came up and uh, pressured Howell when he started escaping the pocket. But his instincts are some of the best we've seen from the linebackers in a while. Yes. Obviously, obviously we're going to take the freshman lumps with him, but his instincts are incredible. I, mm-hmm. I love seeing it. It's, it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like some Lundy, Nate, right? Yep. Like, you- again, I, I, I'll take those. I take that physicality. I think we talked about that last week. Over the, you know, a guy like thirty-five. So he did. He played all. I he got. Man, he was in there on two lines. Yeah, he was like in there on two situations. But that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I think one or two. I need to start bringing binoculars too. To these games. Major, major different. Major difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the linebackers were struggling in, in the passing game, but the running game was complete. Can I? Can I tell you what I observed? The RPO game, they tried to run it all night, but mm-hmm. I think what happened was our guys became more confident in closing in on the ball. So why, why am I worried about, you know, the actual run game? Because our front four dominating that. I think our linebackers are like, screw that. I'm not worried about 
the inside run game. I think Marvin and them boys going to hold that down after the first half. And then, you know, the really just the RPO pass game opened up the second half. I think the safeties and our linebackers, when they start closing in on the RPO and they make it how close inside, I mean, I like the progression. I think they play great. I think they, they're growing. I mean, it's young. They're young. And, yeah, like you said, 32 is young. I like his instincts. He's going to take a lot of lumps with him. But he was flying around to the ball. Like, mm-hmm. he played with a lot of energy. And that's something that we haven't seen in a long time. Like, like Logan, you said it. Like, a list of guys were out there ready just to sell out. And, and, and I'm sorry I had to take until playing a top five team. We played Miami. I mean, we played Notre Dame. But it take playing North Carolina. I mean, I'll take it. Man, I will take it. They played balls to the wall. I'll take it. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think they went cover one and just brought the damn heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. just, that's what you got to do. Then that's what yeah. you got to do, man. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of good energy. And I, I just say shout out to the veterans, man. They showed up and they mm-hmm. showed up to play. And I think about Marvin Wilson, Corey, whenever he was into Janarius, obviously Kane Doe too. Um, guys showed up to make plays, and it was huge for Florida State's defense. And I think right now you're seeing, man, if Florida State has momentum, they're kind of hard to stop. Uh, and we saw a great first half, and whenever they're putting points on the board, defense was making plays, special teams was making plays. I mean, I feel like whenever Florida State makes some special teams plays, it lights up this whole team, and that's what Mike Norvell had preached whenever he was in the press conference and in the intro press conference. And he said, you know, special teams is, you know, pretty much most likely going to really bring energy to this, to these games if they're able to make plays and put their defense and, and get their offense out there more on the field because, you know, Marvin Wilson, I mean, was he going to block like 20 punts or kicks uh, at the end of this year? Like what's going on? Like, does he need MVP special teams, MVP? I don't know what it is, but uh, Mike Norvell has some kind of secret sauce. He's got like the Big Mac sauce for special teams coaching right now. Anyone who who watched that first half, yeah, the second half, it, it is what it is. But if, if you can't see what this program can be on the field, I mean, just stop watching football because, you know, Florida State's in good hands with, with Norvell. You know, when, 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 He's going to get, get his guys. He's going to get the, everyone right mentally. Uh, you know, that offense is going to be dangerous with um, the skill that Florida State can get. Um, that defense will get it figured out. Um, but if you watch that first half and not see how, how good this, this program can get again, um, you know, I, I just don't know what you're saying. I tweeted it last night after the game that we saw more. We've seen more improvements in five weeks and no off season under mm-hmm. Norvell than we saw in twenty one games plus an entire off season at Taggart. Mm-hmm. If you, you guys know why, Austin. Austin. coach. But what does Norvell Ryan. always do though? He always takes accountability. If oh, you yeah. ever, if you ever watch him coach, you went to Marvin and Marvin was he a he calmly, rationally. Hey, understandable. He talked to him. You can see the conversation he was having with his player. It wasn't talking down to him. It wasn't not, never saying nothing to him, just letting him slide with the behavior. He was setting the tone of how he wanted to be understood, where the player was coming from, and what he was going to tolerate in his program. And it was squashed, and it was over. It was, it was over and done. We process, move on. We've seen Tagger let guys act how they want to act, walk right past him, don't say a word to him, and there's no – tone or what he can and cannot take or what he will and will not allow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know? and that, that's perfectly exemplified by uh, Dante's stupid-ass penalty. He yanked him off the – they took him out. Go um, Gone. Go sit. Uh, and, um, you know, there, there's accountability for your, for your bad mistakes. And, you know, you, you I think watch. that's across the whole coaching. Sorry, just I think that's yeah. also across the whole coaching staff too. I mm-hmm. saw Coach Atkins absolutely just the little things. I mean, Dante Lucas, they're still in a timeout. Dante Lucas is leaving by himself to go get set up on the field, um, and Coach Atkins is absolutely cussing him out and getting it into his face. <laughs> it's just like the little things and finding players accountable is huge mm-hmm. moving forward. Sorry, Nate. How you good? Now, you uh, see the late hit. The late hit on the uh, 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 was it uh, zero out of bounds. 
Norvell snapped. Yeah. Not many people see Norvell. He 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 rushed to the referee. We we didn't see that out of Taggart. You know, players want to see their their coaches sell out for them as well as them on the field. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah, whenever like, Durden, when Durden got uh, his targeting, uh, they went mm-hmm. back, which was on the other side of the field coming towards my way in the Champions Club. And uh, Mike Norvell went from that side of the field all the way down there and ran down to the uh, head um, ref and needed to have a chat with them. It's just, you know. I mean, if you, if you in mouth read, it's like unfucking believable. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It, it was. Uh, and a couple times, you know, you know what the fuck you doing? Calmly, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he's not going to let some guy just come sit on the bench after making a stupid plays. Like you said, Carlos, he's going to stop you right there. He's going to mm-hmm. cook you up. He's going to pat you on the head. And he's going to follow up with, hey, you know, he's going to give another mm-hmm. pat and, and he's moving on. Willie just sat there dumbfounded staring up at the sky or the scoreboard. I don't know how the fuck we get here. <laughs> we saw it on the rough and the kicker too with Cooper. Mm-hmm. Same thing, but right up to him. Like, come on, man, what are you doing? You can't be doing this. Like, you can't throw your. It's, it's not a place where you're gonna throw your hands up anymore. Like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Hey, bro. Like, like he he treats them like grown men. Hey, How man, don't times? walk away from me. Talk to me. Speak to me. I'm gonna get this corrected. Hey, I'm not taking that. It's unacceptable. You know what you did wrong. That's not a we coach. It's not the standard here. That's not how we play. Yes, sir. Process. Move on. You go on about your day. You go to make the next play, and that's what the boys did. Marvin and Cooper went along after that. They went along and played great football. They played. They closed out the game. They didn't win. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, he's setting the standard for what he will allow and won't allow, and I think the guys are truly buying in, and the guys he recruited in that recruiting class and this next one coming in, mm-hmm. he's setting the standard. He's changing the culture. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, we're here for it, guys. We're here for it. It's hard not to buy in whenever you win against the it's number hard. five team in the country at home. You do it in front of all your fans. You see how happy they are. The players are able to go celebrate with uh, the student section. I mean, it's hard not to buy in after that. I mean, there Here's wasn't games where Florida State was not able to compete under Willie Tiger. This game would not have been close going into the fourth quarter. How do you feel about the rest of the season, guys? I feel uh, positive. I, I think there's going to be ups and downs, but – Every week, though, the best part about it, you're seeing a line. You're seeing a line graph, but it's going up. You're not seeing, like, kind of stagger around. I don't really count the Miami game as much because Mike Norvell was not there, and I think it played a big part. But you're seeing a growth every week, which all of us here, that's what we want to see. You know, you look at that and look at look at what Mike, Mike Norvell just won against the number five team in the country. He had no damn spring. He had no idea who was really his quarterback was going to be. He made a quarterback change. And he's able to pull off an upset like that on national television. And that goes into recruiting, which we'll probably talk to talk with Nate about uh, later in the week. But that, that is that is huge for a guy that did not have a spring at all going through COVID, going through the whole social thing that he went on with his team. That right there tells you there's the future's bright in Tallahassee. Yeah, probably coming into this game, you're thinking there's not not very many or going, I would say going into the Notre Dame game. We were thinking there's probably not very many wins left on the schedule, but things are looking so much more optimistic. You can easily beat Louisville next week. Pittsburgh's not looking great. NC State's looking a little bit better than a lot of people were expecting, but there's no reason they we can't beat them. They lost their quarterback. Yeah, there's no reason we can't beat them. Clemson, I mean, it's Clemson. And then Virginia and Duke are duds right now. We uh, lose uh, one more game the rest of the season. We yep, lose the Clemson the rest of the season. Yep. I, 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 I said it earlier to my wife. I said, hey, I don't think we lose another game. I think we just lose to Clemson, and I, th- I think I think we can with the improvements every week. I'm not talking about we win in – I say we win every game like we beat North Carolina. Mm-hmm. We, I, I, we I win think, by three. I, I, I take think, that. Yep. I, I think that, you know, first, you know, going back to North Carolina real quick, you know, talking about buy-in, um, you know, you have Jones coming over from Mississippi State who, you know, talking to kids that are in Mississippi – you know, his exact quote is that, you know, Norvell's a genius. Um, you know, so these kids are buying into what he's doing, and, and they, can, they can see how good he is as a coach. But, you know, when you look at the season, I think uh, the Louisville game is probably, you know, the closest 50-50 matchup. Um, you know, I, I, I think that this is going to tell you a lot if Florida State can come in and, and sustain that improvement. Um, you know, I, I think that Florida State can beat Louisville. I, I kind of wonder why they're a six-point favorite. 
but that is what it is. Uh, I think Carolina State losing uh, Leary, uh, I, I think that that hinders that, that offense a lot. Um, Clemson is Clemson. I just wanted to see him be competitive in that game. Um, but I don't think any, anyone is touching Clemson right now. You know, them and Alabama, are, again, are, are, you know, separated and maybe, you know, see what Ohio State's about. But um, every game is winnable moving forward except for Clemson. And I don't – like you said, Austin, I don't think you could say that coming into Carolina. You know, you look at win shares and all that stuff, you know, I, I think you really have a really good possibility of seven and four – and five being the worst case scenario when you were looking at five and six, four and seven, um, you know, so, so this win can turn around, you know, the program can turn around perception. It shows recruits that, you know, proof of concept as, you know, Jason Staples and I were talking about a little bit on, you know, our, our pregame over there. Um, you know, now they have something to show these recruits. So, you know, it, it's, that trajectory, like you said, Logan, is moving, moving up. So, you know, I think you're looking at seven and four, six and five worst case. And you couldn't say that a week ago. It's not even something that you could show recruits. It's something you could show your, show your own players right now and say, hey, this works. Absolutely. We can do this. Um, there, yeah, there's so much more optimism than we thought. And like you said, I don't understand how Louisville's a six-point favorite considering mm-hmm. both teams are still finding themselves right now. Mm-hmm. Um, next week's going to be a really, really interesting game. And I'm Curious to see what, what what happens next week. We'll get into that in the preview later in the week, but it's gonna it, be an interesting game. It was almost like a monkey was lifted off the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is their first win against a top five team as an unranked Florida State team since Boston College. They beat Matt Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- these wins haven't happened since you know 2015, 2016. You know, the last big win was probably the Orange Bowl. Yeah, that was our last um, win over a top ten team was Michigan. Yep, yep. and. You know, it looked like there was a little, you know, you were able to breathe a little bit. And, and you know, success breeds success. So I'm eager to see what happens moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I think you're also seeing what I loved hearing, too, after the game is listening to, like, Kendo and Pokey talking. And you saw, as you see it across social media, too, but you're seeing maturity from this team, too. And it comes from your leaders and comes from the veteran leaders, but it also comes, obviously, with the new coaching staff and Norvell, what he's preaching, what kind of culture he's trying to bring. But that night, we got players tweeting, uh, we got to get ready for the next game. Uh, that, that was good. That was great. That was awesome. We'll enjoy the night, but I'm ready to go to practice tomorrow. That's what Ontario said. I said, I got to go to practice tomorrow. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get after it. So, that kind of wakes up that team and believing with Norvell. And I think they saw it with Notre Dame of being, having that be a, a pretty competitive game at South Bend. And after a win like that, these guys are going to bleed and sweat for Mike Norvell moving forward, which is huge. And uh, uh, that plays a big presence for a football team and a program. I, I got to ask Carlos this, what's in my head. So Carlos, how do you think you would like playing for, for Coach Tiger? <laughs> I think I would end up being like major nine. They would have called me major Los or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would have ended up having like a music career because we yeah. all listen to music all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it worked out for major nine. I mean, people like his music. He got lots of followers on Instagram. I mean, I mean, I like his music. I, but I you like hitting music. people, though. You like hitting people. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just didn't see. I don't, I, I honestly, I don't, I, I'd be honest with you. I don't think Taggart could have recruited me. I don't think it was nothing that would have made me want to go like, like Jimbo was changing the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. my brother was here. Like he played with Bobby and, and, and Vince was like, I'm not transferring. Like my brother was like, I'm still here. Like, why am I finna transfer? I'm rocking with Jimbo. I'm rocking with what's yeah. going on. So, I mean, Taggart, mm-hmm. you come into like, it wasn't like you were changing a culture and y'all were moving in the right direction. Y'all went, backwards not slowly but fast mm-hmm. it went downhill fast and it was kind of hard like why y'all pe- i was surprised kids were still wanting to come to florida state yeah, so, I, mean, I mean i don't know i don't know i don't know if tag i don't know if tagger really could have recruited i mean what, 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 what at that point in time what was tagger going to sell you on dressing up kids put, putting us in the flyers uniforms because we're at florida state i mean we're a nike pro team we're gonna wear the best of the best when it comes to nike Mm-hmm. So I mean, was it was it about taking all the fly pictures and looking cool when I come in and wearing the visor and 
you know, uh, doing all that, I mean, that was a selling point. But, I mean, Florida State, is, I mean, it's a Tallahassee is a great city to be in when you're a college kid. Yeah. But what There's else a- are you selling me? You're not selling me a national championship because you ain't won one. You ain't selling me no conference championship because you ain't won one. So what are you selling me on? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of you hear that a lot about you know. I would say that you were legacy, but you know your brother played at Florida State. You're kind of uh, you know always kind of mm-hmm. destined to go there. But there's a mm-hmm. lot of kids who have said that that you know if I was coming up when when I was getting recruited and Tiger was a coach, I wouldn't have came here. And that's that speaks a lot about just how bad it was at Florida State under him. And it, I, I, honestly, though, it is it, – it, honestly, uh, hearing that, though, Nate, I'm be honest, being real, it does make me sad because huh. I, I, my, my, I remember when my brother got recruited, Bobby Bowden came and sat in my front room, man. Bobby mm-hmm. Bowden came and sat in my front room and ate dinner at my house, and, and I was in ninth grade. He offered me a scholarship when I was in ninth grade. Like, I got recruited by Bobby. And then the very next year, Jimbo came in and said, I'm holding the scholarship still. I was a sophomore. I ain't played a down of varsity football yet. Then I started my sophomore year both ways. He held my scholarship. So, I mean, we got recruited in a different time where Florida State was not only changing the culture, but their culture was booming and it was moving in the right direction. So, yeah, I understand a lot of these guys are frustrated. Like, dang, I was coming to Florida State where Jimbo, yeah, yeah, he was left. But even when Bobby left, the culture still remained the same. It was about winning and tradition and being a family. No, Taggart made it about listening to trap music and let's, let's have fun. And that's cool. Yeah, we had fun, but our fun was at 425 at Team Run. Our fun was going to Pasadena twice with winning three ACC championships, winning the Orange Bowl, going mm-hmm. to battle every single day. That was our fun. Not listening to music and – In the show at Clemson. At Clemson. Yeah, like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just was a, it was a difference. And it's no knock at Taggart. Because maybe that works somewhere. And like, it doesn't work. It just, it just doesn't work for Florida State. It's my whole thing. It's not something that Florida State's ever been like. We were always about football, business, tradition, family. Our head football coaches always were men of faith. You know what I'm saying? Be real. Just keep it a buck. Like, we've always been men of faith. Our football staff always been guys that were great coaches and men first. Mm-hmm. Look! Look at the coaching staff you have now, and look at 2013. About the coaches, there were family men, men first. They they always put the man upstairs. Like, know what I'm saying? Like, we had it was just a different culture of people. Taggart had a bunch of guys on the roster that was his homeboys. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go play pickup <laughs> basketball. I'm gonna go pick up a bunch of old, like no. I'm a a pee wee. Remember kindergarten? We said we're gonna be coaches. I got a chance. Nah, bruh. <laughs> no, people, you can't even coach with me because you go get the job done. I'm just being honest, man. It, it was like he had he had a lot of friends that wanted opportunity of a lifetime, and I and I understand because I probably would have took it too. Call me today, ask me, I want to be the head coach. Uh, yeah, at Florida State, it's my dream job. Mm-hmm. Of course, I would take it, but I don't think he was ready for it. And it was, it's not fair to those kids that they didn't understand the gravity of the situation. I don't think he understood how much pressure it was to come in and win right away. Norvell understands, and he's building it slowly but surely at the right pace. We beat a five, number five team in the country, and we didn't think we were going to win six games this year. You get what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. a difference. Taggart lost to number five. Like, Taggart would have beat number five in the country. Number five in the country would have had every all-star and 22 guys would have been hurt. Like, it would have had mm-hmm. something drastic would have had to happen. Norvell puts belief in this, in this, in, uh, in this university, in this football program. Tagger mm-hmm. really didn't do that. Yep. I think there's buy-in. You're going to see a lot of buy-in. Um, any last thoughts on the North Carolina game before we move on? We always record on Thursdays, and we go live around Thursday at 9 p.m. But if you all have any last thoughts here on our initial reaction to the North Carolina game, go ahead. Uh, no, no bitch. No bitch. <laughs> my, only, my only final thought is Mac Brown is still winless against Florida State. He is 0-10. <laughs> And I find that so funny. I think he also hurt himself in this game. I don't want to go back into it, but, I mean, he was just letting that time chew up, man. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really know what's going on. Maybe Sam Howell wasn't finding things, but, man, they would not go out of bounds. Guys, they were just taking their sweet long time, and Mike Norvell was taking advantage of it. Obviously, uh, you're facing number five team on the country. You're going to take slow reps, blah, 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 for FSU. But Matt Brown was eating up some time. I, I, honestly, I think a little bit of this, you know, their defensive coordinator has experience coaching against Norvell. 
I think that they knew that they probably have a little bit of issue going against Norvell and, and, and his offense. I think they probably thought they controlled the clock a little bit and that Florida State wasn't going to be able to stop the running game. And I think that's why they didn't go away from it until they kind of had to. I thought I think they kind of thought they could just pound the ball, um, put points up to, on the ground, and, and that Florida State's defense wasn't going to come and play. So um, I, I think, you know, that's my opinion of of kind of what we saw from the Carolina offense. Or maybe this was just a hell of an insider job with Mac Brown being an FSU alum. We're like, hey, we kind of need this win, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> I'll take it any day of the week. It was a beautiful night in Doge. The fans were in it. I don't. I still haven't watched the game yet on, from TV, but man, the stands were wild. And you know, with COVID going on, it's a little interesting. But you got guys hugging. Sure. You got dads yelling. You got moms running around with their kids and smiles and the war chant was loud. The fight song was loud. It just felt really, really good. You had the chiefs in the house too. They were blasting. They were loud, man. It was good, good stuff and a beautiful night in Tallahassee and moving forward. I think the future is growing to be brighter uh, under Mike Norvell um, and things, man, plays were made. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm motivated. I'm ready to already get into this Louisville preview, but we don't we got a few days to go but uh as always we definitely appreciate everyone listening live i think we we've had got uh, a couple hundred on here uh, watching between facebook twitter twitch and youtube but uh if you're listening right now on youtube hit that subscribe button so then you'll be notified every time we release a new episode on there hit that like button if you're on facebook retweet if you're on twitter hit the follow button you can find us on twitter at here the spear with me this evening was our lead recruiting insider nate greer our man carlos williams former 2013 national champion i got he's awesome easy in here too our lead basketball writer basketball is picking up too we got a busy next couple of weeks future's looking bright thank you everybody for listening and we will talk to you guys thursday night for our preview for florida state first Louisville. see you guys Yeah.